Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Top of the morning. It's the 20th of November, 6.22 in the morning. About to present on this at 7 a.m. This is, uh, we got a case report, but I want to go into a little bit about necrotizing fasciitis. I think this would be a great review, and uh, it's going to be a great week. It's Thanksgiving week. Wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Let's get to it. So this is quick read number 72, just created, put it out on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and um, put it out on the podcast. Just a quick review. Can an adonogenic infection, you know, or uh, an infection of the teeth, lead to necrotizing fasciitis? Quick read number 72. An adonogenic infection can progress to necrotizing fasciitis through several mechanisms, often involving a combination of factors that include the nature of the oral bacteria, the individual's immune response, and predisposing conditions. Number one, adonogenic infection. It typically begins as a bacterial infection of the teeth, often due to dental decay, periodontal disease, or following dental procedures. Two, bacterial proliferation and spread. Bacteria from the initial infection uh, proliferate and spread to adjacent tissues. The oral cavity hosts a variety of bacteria. And in the case of necrotizing fasciitis, these bacteria are often aggressive and include both aerobic and anaerobic types. Three, entry into deeper tissues. The bacteria invade deeper into deeper facial spaces through facial planes, thin layers of fibrous tissue that enclose and separate muscles. In some cases, this invasion is facilitated by a compromised immune system or pre-existing conditions like diabetes or um, patients who have a history of alcohol abuse. Four, production of toxins and enzymes. The bacteria produce toxins and enzymes that cause local tissue destruction, and this rapid destruction of soft tissues, including muscle, fat, and skin, is characteristic of necrotizing fasciitis. Five, insufficient blood supply and necrosis. The toxins and enzymes, along with the bacteria's rapid proliferation, interrupt the body's blood supply to affected tissues. The ischemia, or lack of blood flow, exacerbates tissue death, or necrosis. Six, systemic spread of infection. If not promptly treated, the infection can spread to the bloodstream, causing what's called bacteremia, and throughout the body, leading to systemic inflammatory response syndrome, response syndrome, or SIRS, sepsis, and potentially multi-organ failure. Seven, immune system response. The body's immune system response up to the infection can also contribute to tissue damage. Prompt recognition and treatment are crucial because of the rapidity and severity with which necrotizing fasciitis progresses. Treatment typically involves aggressive antibiotic therapy, surgical debridement of the necrotic tissue, and supportive care for any systemic involvement. I've got some references you can use here for further uh, reading and research. Included a figure of one example. Now, this is from my slides, exactly. Necrotizing fasciitis. It's a subset of skin and soft tissue infections, or SSTIs. They cause necrosis of the muscle fascia and subcutaneous tissues. Infection typically travels along facial planes, like I said, which has less blood supply. The infectious process can progress rapidly to the fascia and perifascial planes, as well as secondary infection of the overlying skin, soft tissue, and muscles. It's typically an acute process occurring rapidly over several days. A direct, it's a direct sequel of bacterial infection introduced to the break in skin's integrity in approximately 80% of cases. Gram-positive cocci, specifically strains of Staph aureus and strep, are responsible for the majority of single-site source infections. The majority of patients have diabetes and a history of alcoholism. There are a couple different types of necrotizing fasciitis that I included in the slide. I'm not going to go to. The overlying, uh, the overlying skin transitions to an erythematous reddish purple or bluish gray hue. The texture becomes indurated, swollen, shiny, and warm to touch. Tenderness to palpation and pain becomes out of proportion. Skin breakdown can begin in three to five days, accompanied by bullet, bullet, and 
cutaneous gangrene. The pain can become reduced in the affected area over time, secondary to thrombosis, small vessels, and destruction of superficial nerves in the subcutaneous tissues. Early detection is key. The infection spreads rapidly within subcutaneous tissues and deficient planes, causing vascular occlusion, tissue necrosis, and ischemia. All right, friends, that's it for today. Got to get, got to get to it. Uh, wishing everyone a great week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday's Thanksgiving. Wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving and uh, and a great week ahead. All right, let's do it. Thank you.